Hey guys, welcome to episode 52 of the Painter Files Podcast. So, I'm walking around Tacoma Park. It is uh, my residence for the last probably, I don't know, 11 years. It's an interesting little place. Right now there's a abundance of people trying to save people's souls on the corners with their little pamphlets and their comments about saviors and whatnot. I think it's like this thing that happens during the holidays. There's also a a gang of pregnant women in gray hoodies <laughs> at a farmer's market. And it's always been funny to me how like when I was a kid growing up in the South, if you were a bunch of kids who were all wearing the same type of thing, they thought you were a gang. And so they would harass you via the cops or you'd be sent home to change clothes or whatever. And this could be something simple, like just wearing like an orange hoodie. And if you all wore orange hoodies, suddenly you must have been a gang. Now I grew up in rural North Carolina. So it's like Matthews, Mid Hill, Charlotte area. It is by no means a city of gangs and whatnot. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they probably do have a few, but it wasn't, they didn't run the streets or anything of that nature. So it's always funny to see like matchy middle-aged women with pregnant bellies hanging around a kombucha stand. And I'm just like, oh, there's a gang. <laughs> and I laugh about it because it's ridiculous. But it's, uh, it's interesting at the same time because it's just so kind of fickled and fabricated. It didn't make sense then, it makes less sense now. But yeah, the city's always kind of inspired me a little bit. I remember like these little art scapes in North Carolina that I would go to. And here, everything's kind of artsy, so nothing's empty. Just kind of fish out of water feeling. Even after 11 years, it still kind of feels that way. It's huge. They're, they're very compartmentalized. So they have this giant art collective that live in this, that, that rent studios in this giant building on one of the main streets. But they never come out and they don't do any art events. So it's just like, it's a little strange. It's just a little bit. I'm just kind of staring at this moss growing all year long through the concrete and the brick and the cobble. It's just beautiful. That's all. Hope you guys are having a happy fall. Hope you guys are going to have a good uh, food day. I'm not really a Thanksgiving person. Never really have been. But uh, food is good. And I hope you guys could see your families. And it's not too awkward. We live in a tempestuous time. But I hope everything goes well for you. Now... Let's get into the episode. <laughs> Got a lot to talk about. Gonna cover a lot of bases. Art is the heart. And so starts the journey.
Hey guys, so it's been a couple weeks since I, I was in the middle of kind of recording everything and then my cat Goose died and that kind of really has kicked me out of gear. I'm sorry. I'm trying to just get everything going again. I am working on a giant painting. It's beautiful. My mom came to visit me uh, to just comfort me. Alex has been really great. Ma's okay. She's a little sad. She keeps looking for Goose. And I've been debating actually finishing that painting or starting something else. I had this kind of feeling going forward about it that I lost because everything happened so quickly. Uh, if you want to hear the story about how Goose, about what happened with Goose, uh, you're welcome to go to my Patreon. Just look me up, Joar Blake. Uh, and there's an audio recording explaining the whole thing. I, I don't, I just don't feel like I've retold it so many times now that I just don't, it's really hard. That's kind of the op, the, the honest truth of it. It's very hard. Um, into the painting aspect, I had this painting that I was working on. It's this, it's three women and I went back kind of old school with like the octopus tails tentacles and it's just been really beautiful it's a beautiful painting it's just it's hard it's like you you develop this focus that you had that was kind of like laser vision and then you just didn't have it afterwards about a painting all the kind of stuff that was going on and that was the thing goose was just kind of sitting there watching me paint she was sitting in chairs hanging out with me and then just kind of suddenly happened all of them out of nowhere to an extent I don't know I'm trying to get back into the flow I gotta work I gotta work I gotta make my money I gotta try and do some holiday stuff I'm I'm kind of falling back on all these things I haven't really focused since the day it happened so I'm trying to get back into it uh, bear with me. I know I'm rambling incessantly. It was one of those things I used to do back in the day when I started doing this originally. I would take like my phone and I would just kind of talk and record as I was driving everywhere. And that's really kind of how the Painter Files came about. Like it wasn't originally this really kind of got a new, got a nice mic, do all this stuff. It was just me talking into my phone as I was moving. And, you know, I'm kind of getting back to that a little bit. There will be actual parts that are going to be much better, but I just wanted to let you know. I'm not gone, and things are going to be okay. It's just, it's just hard. So you see, this thing is, life is this glistening rainbow. It just kind of shines and it's metallic and it's just kind of fish oiled. It has no presumptive beginning or end and then it's just gone. I think I found myself wondering these last couple of days looking up at the sky remembering all the kind of little faces just the features the feels and the smells They 
say the thing that kind of sticks with you the most in sensory stuff, sensory memory, is the smell. So you can smell something from a hundred years ago. Well, not a hundred years ago. You can smell something from ten years ago and remember that exact moment. I'm just kind of living in that right now. I'm staring at these kind of edges and corners remembering all the things that once were there and all the places that once kind of bloomed in time. I know some people are going to say, Jay, she was just a cat. And I get that you feel that way. There was a time when someone told me in high school they lost an iguana and I looked at them kind of strangely because I didn't realize the emotional weight of someone you brought up who passes in your arms. I've gotten to know better about that as the decades have gone by. It's not a... It's it's not an uplifting feeling. It's not a brilliant feeling. It's, It's just truth. I've lost a kid, I've lost fuzzy kids, I've lost grandparents, I haven't lost parents yet, but I've, I've lived my life, I've lost friends, I've lived my life and I've felt the loss. I'm not trying to see it comparatively, I'm just feeling it in the moment, the initial kind of touch in which all these things kind of sit and stand and perch on me. For the best parts of all the things that I've ever seen about all the places that I've ever gone and felt, this is my kind of lost zone, my hole in my chest, where my heart should be. The gape, the moan. It's weird. You don't become a professional at dealing with shit kind of just live and then things just go on and even if they cease you have to continue to move forward I think the worst part about all of it is in this day and age as a person in their late 30s we're all broke like we don't have we don't have the luxuries that a lot of times that other people had when they were our age because we're still kind of doing as well as we were doing when we just turned 30. Like I always had this dream in my mind that when I was close to 40, I was going to have some form of wealth that compared to when I was a teenager would blow me away. And I think of my paychecks and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. And when I sell paintings, I'd be like, yeah, I guess. But at the end of the day, like, I'm just, I'm just a grown-up. Like, I'm, I'm as much a grown-up as the people who came before me. And there's a hidden mystery to the factor that wealth is not something that you just get as you get older. Like, you can be broke your whole life. I am professionally doing this as a, as my own profession. I don't know. There are parts of me that's bitter about the factoid that, like... If I were a person of more immense wealth, 
I could have I could have had all these surgeries done for my cat and I could have done everything. I could have and most likely it probably wouldn't have actually changed anything. Like she still would have passed. Maybe it would have prolonged it for a couple more years, but like she's still gonna go. Their their lifespan is not our lifespan. what it is but there's there's a bitterness to it to an extent that it's like I I have skills and I work hard and I I make things and I'm I'm a proud person to an extent I'm not like a recklessly proud person but I'm a proud person and I don't know it just feels very kind of exhausting think about these places and how people like have family businesses and how like they've they've made the wealth they needed to make to kind of get all the places they needed to get I remember the first time one of my pets died and they had me go through this whole thing to see if I could get approved for a line of credit from my bank to try and get a surgery and I was declined and so I had to put my cat down in this case, I had, we had credit, we had credit, so we put it on a credit card and paid to have her looked at and then put down, but I think that's the thing that people don't get, like, you look at kind of these artists who lived in these depressions and kind of ghettos, and they made all this really great art, and they're, they're celebrated, and their art sells for, like, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, and it's like, yeah, but we've lived these super poor like sacrificed lives we couldn't save our our kids and our best friends and our fuzzy buddies and our fur babies and all these things and that that sucks honestly it really sucks and i don't think of it as the fault of the people who buy the art i think of it as the fault of the people who don't buy art because they just, I don't know, they're in the same boat we're in. It's weird how, like, an entire generation of people, like, just can't. Like, I, I think back to all the, I hearken back to all the times in my life that I have had people buy art from me. Most have been older, most have been in better positions, none of which have ever really been specifically in my age range. Because when they were my age, they couldn't afford them. And as time goes by, it seems to be kind of more the generation before me can afford a lot more than my generation can. And I don't know if that's going to change. I don't know if I'm going to reach a certain age limit where, like, I can afford these things that, like... I wasn't able to afford before. That I'm not just kind of breathing in this exhaust from all the things that they did, hoping that it will cross over into, like, my life. That I will get some opportunities that could be awarded to me that were never kind of a possibility five years ago. I think, like, Latrice Lautrec, Toulouse Lautrec, sorry. He was very poor, he was very sick, and ultimately he died. Look at Frida Kahlo, 
she wasn't very poor. Well, she was poor, but she wasn't insanely poor. And eventually her health... Well, no, Frida's probably a different case. Frida, Frida did pretty well. Now, Frida was pretty well off, but Frida didn't do exceptionally well during her life. I think of Van Gogh. Van Gogh was pretty poor, and there wasn't much that could be done to kind of save anything when it was over. This life is just kind of a bit of fuckery. And I don't want to feel that way. I want to celebrate and go like, wow, we're doing so, we're, we're getting there, and we're breaking down walls, and we're making things better. And like, I know we are, but it just doesn't feel like it. Everything's been so slow that it feels like nothing's happened. Does that make sense? I know people think, like, you know, my generation, quote-unquote millennials, uh, even though I'm, I'm like, the oldest version of what a millennial is, uh, and I thought I was in Generation X, but apparently I'm not, um, they think that, like, we're just kind of whiny and we're mad and we're etc., but it's like, we just want to live, man. I think, I think of Goose, and I think of how, like, she passed, and there was nothing really that I could do about it, even if I wanted to do, there was nothing we could have done about it, but if I had wanted to do something about it, there was not an option to do those things. And I think, what happens when I get sick? What happens when someone, when a human being I know, like my father, or my mother, or my wife, myself even run ill on some type of measure like what am I am I going to be capable of doing the things that I need to do to make sure they're okay and it's scary I don't want to die like the rest of the artists I want to live a long life painting and bring you guys joy bring myself joy scary so I've been debating about which painter file story to tell you it's kind of been one of those months as you know and it's just my brain has been trying to figure out the best ones that work with the current situation particularly for goose so instead I'm going to tell you well, not instead. So I'm going to tell you a story about how Goose became a part of a painting once. Now, Goose used to love to climb and jump up on things in my studio. She'd jump on stools. She never quite figured out she could jump on tables. She always used objects to jump on the objects, even though she jumped straight up to them. So she'd jump from my convection air conditioner unit to this giant kind of bar uh, that works as a heater as well. From that to the window seal, and then from the window seal, if the if the uh, stool wasn't in front of my in front of my uh, giant art table, she would then go onto that and then look up at the plants and try and figure out a way to get up to them. She typically couldn't, or she'd try and chew my brushes or etc. So one time I wasn't paying attention, and Goose climbed up, and she 
decided to get her tail somehow in a blue splash of paint. And so there are these little blue footprints and these little blue tall tail prints on the walls of the studio. And I couldn't quite figure out why. And then I looked over at the canvas I was working at and I see this little tuft of hair. And I had to chase her down and she's biting and clawing me because she's not interested in this and wipe all the blue with baby wipes off of her tail and her feet and she did not like it she's very cute though she just kind of had this way about her that was just funny she used to watch me paint she'd come in the studio and she'd sit in a chair and she'd wrap herself up in a scarf that I'd have sitting in the chair or a, a coat or a jacket or a sweater or a hoodie or whatever. And she'd just kind of curl up in that. And then she'd take a nap. And sometimes she'd like sit on the edge of it and just sit there and watch me paint. She used to hop in so many of the art videos throughout the years. She's notorious for... All times I had to pin a painting down with books because it was so, uh, on the watercolor paper, because it was so big it started to curl. So I'd take like a picture and I'd have to pin it down with books and then I'd have to lock Goose out of the studio because Goose would then try and sit on a corner or an edge. There was never a time when I was making something where Goose wasn't really a part of it. I guess that's maybe why it's so hard right now to kind of get this current painting I'm working on done because there's no goose distraction. There's no goose sitting on the stool looking at me, trying to get me to play with her while I'm doing something. So I'm having to forcibly ignore her to then get it done. It's just me now. The dog comes in every once in a while. She'll drag her bed in or something and try and sit with me. I just hop up in the chair and pass out. But I don't know, it's not the same in all the ways. She would, uh, it was just different. I know I'm going to get through it. I sleep sometimes full nights. Only to wake up and think she's there. It's a little bit of madness. Not necessarily the madness that I've always wanted or craved. Just madness. I found this old comic strip I did of her when Maul called Goose Lactus. It's uh, based on Galactus, the Marvel character. Goose having an evil plot, and then Maul comes up and licks her in the face, and all the plots are ruined. There's like many situations in our house. Maul would come in from a walk, and then Goose would be sitting there, and Maul would run up to her and lick her in her face. And was, Goose would be like, uh, this is the worst. And it was just funny. They had such Interesting chemistry. Throughout the years, I did a couple paintings of Goose. I'm glad I have that. I have her ashes in a box in my studio right now. And she's just sitting there. Obviously, she's just sitting there. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to put a couple things together and frame them. Just hang them in the studio. I love that kid. It's just, it's hard. That's all it is, it's just hard. 
I've been trying to figure out a way to finish this podcast. Uh, not forever, just this episode. And it's been so hard because I don't want it to be this really sad and depressing episode. But I mean, I don't know what else to... I don't know how to make it something else. So... The painting is coming. And all the other things are going to be there too. I love you, Galeras. I hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time. Painter out. Ciao.